0: Great question. The manufacturing podcast offers news and information for the people who make store and move things and those who manage and maintain the facilities where that work gets done.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to another smart industry program. I'm Scott Acapulco, SI's managing editor, and I'm joined today by Etienne Lacroix, founder and CEO of Vention, a manufacturing automation platform. Behind the scenes is my producer today is Robert Schoenberger, who is editor-in-chief of Smart Industry. The title of our program is For All the People, How DIY Automation is Transforming More Small and Medium-Sized Manufacturing Businesses. As the title of the program implies, we're going to be talking about how automation is becoming more accessible for small and medium-sized manufacturers, or SMBs. Our guest today, Etienne Lacroix, will explain That automated factory ops, where technology and machines perform specific tasks with little or no need for human assistance, isn't exclusively for big manufacturers with huge budgets. In fact, the DIY approach is democratizing automation for SMBs, enabling anyone with baseline manufacturing experience to adopt and adapt. Many people perceive automation as best suited to larger manufacturing businesses, but this is not the case anymore. Smaller manufacturers can significantly benefit from automation, but often there's a lack of awareness of automation solutions and the benefits they can provide. Smaller manufacturers often don't know what automation applications are out there and the significant advantages they can bring together with the problems they can solve. Clearing this up is what our program is all about today. That said, welcome to our program, ATN. Please enlighten us on this topic and DIY, DIY automation solutions.
0: Thanks, Scott, for having me today. I'm quite excited to talk about DIY automation with, uh, with you.
1: Great, ATN. we have some questions to spark our conversation today. We'll go ahead and begin the Q&A portion of our program. I'll start off with this question. What is the, what is DIY automation exactly? And how does it have the effect of making automation itself more accessible for small, mid-sized businesses
0: or SMBs? If you would, please give us the basics. Yeah, and I will start probably answering by, um, talking about why small, medium businesses are not automating as much as they should today. And it's not because they face less cost pressure than the bigger enterprise. It's definitely not because they face less labor shortages than the bigger enterprise as well. I think the reason why we see small, medium manufacturing automating at a much lower rate than large enterprise, is simply because it's not profitable for them to do so. If you think about a shop floor, most manufacturing asset will be custom made or unique. And the reason that is, is mostly because manufacturers produce goods that are unique themselves and therefore deserve unique and custom assets. And today, if you want to create those custom assets, you're probably going to subcontract the help of an engineering form or a system integrators to assist you through that journey. Right. That system integrators will take various components from traditional provider of industrial automation and try to assemble them into a robot cells, or automated equipment. And to do that, it's actually quite complex and it will consume a significant amount of man-hour. I like to say there's nothing more manual than industrial automation because of the sheer amount of engineering content needed to create those custom machines. And that basically leads to cost of automation to double. You have to pay obviously for all the hardware and the technology from the traditional player, plus you have to pay for the engineering firm that might assist you through that journey. So what we're trying to do at Vention is to provide tools where manufacturing practitioner can actually do it by themselves. And that's really the core of do-it-yourself automation. For uh, do-it-yourself automation to be successful, you basically, there's a couple of things that needs to be true. One is um, we, we tend to favor an approach where components are plug and play. Right? There's no wiring, terminal wires, terminal blocks, enclosure. All of those things are removed. They're constructed in the past where uh, somebody who's a manufacturing professional who has process knowledge but might not be a roboticist or a control expert can figure it out by themselves. And as soon as this is true, we see those those teams, and I'll talk about those that start to perhaps take a first entry level use cases and realize then by themselves in what I call a platform. A place where the design aspect, the programming aspect, the deployment assistance, and the operational machine have been united by a digital workflow that makes the experience very, very simple. And as those businesses starting with do-it-yourself automation grow, what we tend to see is they form advanced manufacturing team. Initially, it might be a single person, but over time, it's going to grow. And those teams will be responsible to drive the automation agenda internally uh, for one or multiple plan. And that's really what the trend we've been witnessing since 2017, where before then, everything was driven, perhaps through um, external help. And we see more and more of those small, medium manufacturers in order to reduce costs and makes automation profitable for them to start to decide to do those projects by themselves.
1: Great answer. Uh, Our next question. What advice would you have for SMBs seeking to start their industrial automation journey? Yeah. Where do you you go? What's the ground floor? So today, I think
0: over the the years, we've served 4,000 different manufacturers. So we had a chance to see a lot of data points in the market around how team are leveraging platform and plug and play component to start their DIY automation journey. And there's a couple of things that for us kind of became uh, truth that will lead to success. The first one is you have to start small. I, I always tell our, our users and our client, make sure you have a project that has good ROI, but you don't need to take the project that have the biggest ROI as your first one you want to take the project that will lead to a technology success because you need that success to convince management and to build a foundation of internal skill that will lead to something more complex afterward. So this first project, you obviously want a great ROI and a great payback, but the goal is not necessarily to maximize it because if that first project is not a success, management will likely shut down the other one and the benefit of DIY automation will never materialize. So start small. The second thing I would say is, make sure that the person leading that project internally start from a, is a, what I call a technical champion. Obviously you want somebody who can speak to management and understand management, but I would not make that project led primarily by a technical manager. You want a technical champion that will be able to absorb a little bit of complexity, not a decent amount, but for example, what you're showing on the screen is nothing extremely complex, but people that will be passionate about maybe learning the basic of robotics or the basic of programming in a code-free environment. and That will make sure that between the platform you're using and the user realizing that first project, there's um, fit and eventually that will lead to a success.
1: Excellent. Very informative. Uh, Another question. Automation is, of course, about technology, so which tech that drives automation is more accessible now than ever before to smaller and less moneyed manufacturers? Various degrees of answer
0: here, but I think what we've witnessed um, in the industry since 2017 is how much more productized is becoming industrial automation. When I was a young system integrator myself, basically, you buy the bare bone, you buy the very fundamental building block, the PLC, the drive, the safety system. And you're the one that needs to be an expert at all of those things. You're very close to the action. And what you saw over the years is a pre-packaged solution, pre-packaged product that emerged that really is making industrial automation much easier to absorb. The industry is now operating at a higher level of abstraction than they used to just five or six years ago. I think what also changed quite a bit is the birth of what I call platforming, right? Now we have productization on the hardware side of things, but you start to see also platforming on the software side of things. Again, environment where a practitioner could be an expert, but could be an emerging practitioner in the field of industrial automation, start to design, program, could be in a programmatic environment or could be in a code-free environment, perhaps purchase, deploy, still with assistance, and then obviously operate. And having all those steps, the, the typical journey of an industrial automation project being wired in the same digital workflow makes the barriers to adoption significantly easier. You don't have to work in 10 to 15 different software, build you know different tech stack together to be able to then monitor your machine, right? All of this has been abstracted so um, automation becomes easier to adopt. So, productization on the hardware side, platforming on the software side is really changing the game here.
1: Etienne, if you could rank the more accessible automation technologies, which ones are must-have? You you talked about that briefly. Expand on that, if you could, for the what the ones that are must-haves for small
0: and medium-sized mm-hmm. businesses. I think the starting point of all this, and, and uh, you know, you have to go back in 2012, where we shift from industrial robotics to cobot right and to me that changed the entire dynamic of the industry because no longer you need to rely on offline programming robot could be programmed on the edge by the practitioner of that trade directly right and that changed quite a bit nobody knows to weld better than a welder nobody knows to paint better than a painter right and when you give a tool that is simple enough to the trade and they can program the robot moving the robot on the edge as the as they would perform their own job. To me, that was a break point or a breakthrough in that industry. Over the years, that change obviously was compounded by what I just described, right? Plug-and-play components. So not only you have the robot arm, but you also have plug-and-play safety, plug-and-play in-feed, plug-and-play outfeed, part presentation, right? You don't want it, all those things that surround the robot to become a project. You want this to be as easy as the robot themselves. And I think over the years, you saw those things that surround the cobot um, taking place now and, and making sure that, yes, the robot is easy to program, but everything else that needs to live around the robot is just as easy.
1: Very good. Uh, Etienne, of course, Ventian's business is all about custom software and automated equipment development. We, we hear a lot of talk about scalability. How key is this to tailoring products for customers based on the size of their industrial op- operation and the level of automation they can afford?
0: That's a great question. Um, you know, one of the key decisions, I would say probably the most important decision we, we took when we started Vention is, where did we put the modularity point on the platform? And we decided to create Lego bricks, industrial Lego bricks, and there's 4,000 of them now available in the environment, right? So. That's how that when we work with a client, we're gonna reuse Lego brick that have been used in thousands and thousands of other permutation. That hardware and its behavior is known inside out and make sure that we never reinvent the wheel. I like to say there's no orphan project. That's true from a hardware perspective, but also true from a software perspective. All those Lego-like machine that were created, and there's a great example here on the screen, are running on the same software stack, on the same control, on the same motor, on the same actuator, on the same robot. So that gives us now with 4,000 Lego part the ability to customize and tailor quite significantly without ending up with something that doesn't scale because those components are known inside out. I like to say when you're realizing an industrial automation project, there's always two types of risk, technology risk and process risk. Technology risk is making all the components work with one another to achieve a certain performance level. Process risk is how um, standardized uh, one unit one unit of the wind feed will come after the other one. I like to use the example of boxes, right? If we're having a machine to cut open boxes, most boxes will be taped very squared and the blade will cut the side very nicely, but maybe a couple boxes will be taped a little bit, you know, not squared off and the blade will go in the void and not cut open the box. And that's process problem right and when you start to platform you eliminate the first risk you eliminate the technology risk you know that the component will work because and the software will work because they've been tested over thousands and thousands of permutation the process risk remains with the manufacturers that 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 trade or that welder or that painter that has this process knowledge but if you give them tools that are easy enough they're able to use the tool bring their process expertise in and you get to a much more different risk profile for the overall industrial automation project. And that's really, again, very, very different than perhaps where we were six, seven years ago.
1: Now I give you, I give you an opportunity to to tout some real success stories. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a few examples of success stories from the field, industry, application, complexity, et cetera?
0: and it's you know even me through that through that journey I've learned so many manufacturing industries that I had never been exposed to and I'll I'll talk about one it's a, it's a mid-sized manufacturers of furniture for a school dorm right I didn't know there was some you know, furniture manufacturer that specialized just in school dorm and they do uh, beds and tables and all that and this is a great story because it's a, a private equity backed business very ROI oriented um, roughly hundred million words of revenue, did not have an industrial automation team prior to that. And they basically did a test and invest approach. They wanted to solve a certain um, pick and place operation as part of the furniture assembly. And they started with one, one robot cell. Very easy, um, you know, grab and place uh, a motion. But what they did is they had their one technical champion and invested 40 hours. They did the first robot cell, 40 hours of training at the Vention uh, Training Center, and they waited for the ROI to materialize. This took roughly three months for that first project to be designed, purchase, deploy, program, and ROI validated by their team. After that, after that success, they hire a second practitioner and move on to 17, 17 robot cell that all this was done and those 17 robot cells took roughly four months to um, design and deploy. Significantly faster by robot cell than the first one, right? Again, great ROI. So all the risk was absorbed in the first robot cell and they were able to scale afterward. And to me, those are amazing success because that's exactly the type of persona and manufacturers for which we've built the tool invention, right? They, they were able to learn and get familiar with robotics and industrial automation, and then they're able to do it by themselves. Right. And now, at a much obviously different risk and cost profile than it would have been using traditional approach. Um, and we see though, this is a great case, and they're not as all flamboyant as 17 robot cell into the second phase. But um, it demonstrated very much how small medium manufacturers that are very innovative and very progressive about adopting industrial automation can achieve today.
1: ATN, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I appreciate you coming and, and and joining Smart Industry. This concludes our Smart Industry program. Please look to smartindustry.com and our LinkedIn, Facebook, and X, formerly known as Twitter, for a replay of this event. And thanks to Etienne for joining us today again. Everyone have a terrific thanks, day. Thanks, Scott, for having me again.